Cool. Alright, what's the name of the podcast again? All podcasts. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what we All podcasts attack. All podcasts attack. It's definitely a show about casuals. What's up, everybody? You're listening to All Podcasts Attack, this podcast where we're watching uh, kaiju movies and episode one. Are y'all excited, guys? I am excited. I am. Uh, this, I've been looking forward to this all week. Yep. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting journey. I yeah, and I'll say going into it, when when it comes to us ranking these two movies, I don't know where it's going to land. Honestly, Ooh. I was... I have no idea. Godzilla, I, I already knew I was going to like, but the other movie... Yeah, I liked it a lot more than I was planning on. It was good. We'll we'll get there. We'll, okay, get, we'll get there. there. We'll get there. Um, let's see. Have y'all watched anything else other than these two movies? No. <laughs> this week? No. No uh, movies. I barely had time to watch those two. Yeah. Um. So I started a. Uh, I started a list of thirty movies to watch, like scary movies, between now and Halloween. Ooh, the way people are doing it is starting it on the 15th instead of like this the beginning of october mm-hmm. so you have days you cannot watch it i've got a list of 30 movies right now that uh i plan on watching between now and halloween like after we're done recording this i'm gonna watch the og frankenstein because i never have Ooh. the real question is what are you gonna watch on halloween on Halloween, yeah. Um, there's only one answer. Let me let me look real quick. No, there, there's <laughs> only I'll, one answer. I'll tell you what the last movie. Ooh, is. I feel like there's multiple answers to this. No, there's there's only uh, one. Uh, okay, more. Well, if you can look. convince me otherwise, uh, Halloween two. It's actually Halloween <laughs> one, but <laughs> okay. You know, uh, no. Uh, there's a criteria for the movie list. Uh, you had to uh, choose like seven sequels out of the 30 foreign films like there was criteria to it i couldn't choose a movie i've already seen but i never saw halloween too even though i know it was on when we were all in new orleans at one time we were also not like <laughs> at the airbnb which one y'all want to talk about first i figured we could talk about Twenty Thousand fathoms first well it yeah, did let's... come out first so yeah. So, Beast of 20,000 Fathoms uh, it's a 1953 movie directed by Eugene Lorre. Laura, Laura, Laura. How do you? Lori, 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 Lori. How'd you How'd you like this one? Like Pete was saying, I actually liked it a lot more than I thought was I was going to. Yeah. Um The Beast itself. I'll just say this: when you first see the Beast, <laughs> that just quick glimpse of him and his little feet running across the ice, dude, I was dying laughing. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the tease, like yes, the like tease of seeing him, the outline of him, but just so one of the uh, one of the stats I'm keeping for the movie, uh, like for all the movies, is uh, when's the first time you see it, and then when's the <clears> first time you see it fully. So I got the tease and the full frontal. <clears throat> the tease was at nine nineteen, and the full frontal was ten twenty five. So there's only like a minute there of 
like suspense. Okay. Well, the tease made me feel like, like they usually take ahead. a lot more. Oh, I just feel like uh, most of these movies they wait like an hour before like you see them. Yeah. But they were so proud of their uh, stop motion. Like they just wanted to they just wanted to show it off, which <laughs> the the beast itself looked badass. Yeah. I really, I really liked how it looked. That little tease got me though. I dude, <laughs> those little feet. I was, I just thought from the tease that I was just gonna laugh the whole movie every time I saw the monster. But once they <laughs> fully revealed the monster, I actually got into the movie. Yeah, you know, that that monster was badass looking. <clears throat> Great costume. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> so like starting, one of the uh, first. Oh, one second. Go ahead. Yeah, it was it was the first. So. uh the movie itself is based on um, a book or like a short story called The Foghorn. The dude who wrote that was Ray Bradbury, which is the dude who wrote Fahrenheit really? 51. Yeah. Did you end up reading through The Foghorn? There was like a little audio thing you can listen to on YouTube. Okay. And it was only like 30 minutes long. Yeah. Um, I knew it was a short story. But I didn't know I, how short. I did write some notes for it. It was like. So it was a it was a guy named Johnny and his boss McDunn, and uh, they're just working at a lighthouse. McDunn, uh, he was like, the last two years on this day, there's a sea monster that comes out. Uh, they think it's because of the foghorn of the lighthouse to try and help like the boats like not hit. You know, you know what a lighthouse does. Mm-hmm. And then it shows up. But like the weird thing was is. McDunn actually like sympathized with it because he thought maybe like the foghorn just like made it think it was like a mating call. Yeah. The thing shows up and they get scared so they turn the foghorn off and then it realizes oh this ain't like another sea monster so it just destroys the lighthouse and it just never returned again. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, it was called the foghorn but it was literally originally called the beast from 20,000 fathoms yeah and then renamed i did see that he wrote the story because he was woken up one night from the foghorn and that's what gave him the idea yeah oh really and it's crazy how that kind of blossomed and turned into everything that we're even basing this podcast on now right yeah like that was the start that's, that's yeah um, one little dream. The dream of Kaiju. <laughs> but, so the movie starts off with Operation Experiment. Basically, they're about to test a uh, nuclear bomb. I loved how, like, military the movie was. Very military heavy. Well, especially when we get later on into it. He's trying to convince, like, the officers to, like, do things. Like, he has to go up a chain of command just to get heard. Like, and it was... It was crazy because when we when we when we talk about Godzilla and everything, their government system was much more like they believed like much quicker the U.S. government did, which I thought was kind of weird. But Operation Experiment, the nukes go off, the blizzard happens. That's where you saw the little pitter patter of the feet. <laughs> Tom Nesbitt was the scientist that only survived when he's the one that saw it. Everybody thought he was crazy. <clears throat> sent to the psych ward. Yeah, he got sent to the psych ward, and nobody would believe him, even though he sounded like completely reasonable about it. So after that, the monster destroys a fishing boat, and then the lighthouse, which that scene was probably one of the best scenes in that movie. 
except for the end. And it's all because that's kind of where the entire movie was based, based off. Of just it, like yeah. that one scene. Yeah. yeah. It took until the fishing boat and the lighthouse for like the professor's assistant to notice. And she had to go and convince Nesbitt to talk to the fisherman, who was like the only one that survived the fishing boat accident. I loved how he was just going through the pictures and everything, and like he ended up noticing it. Yeah, he was looking at quite a few pictures. Dude, it looked it looked like it took him hours to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and I just think about like being on Twitter and just scrolling through Twitter, and I can just like see so many more images quicker. <laughs> images per second. It probably would have took half the time, <laughs> but it took until him and the fisherman both pointing out the same one. Uh, to convince the professor to even like think listen to them. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He was uh super reluctant about it. Let's see. And then they put it on a map to convince like all the uh, like all the all the all the military people and they found out that there were remains of that same dinosaur in the Hudson River. Yeah. Um and that's where he wanted to go look at it. So it was Did y'all see that part where the assistant like kissed the professor yeah, before he went. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little wild. He goes down. There's that weird scene uh, <laughs> that's a uh, stock footage of like the the octopus and the shark yeah. fighting. I was wondering why they put that in that, there. It was pretty dope though. I mean, we were basically getting Animal Planet like in 1953. There's certain parts though where you can yeah. see the octopus latching onto the glass because it was taken from an aquarium. Oh, you're right. I did see that. And at the this same time, both of those animals are too small for a monster that big to actually go down there and try to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I just thought that was hilarious. Um, and then the way it ate it was just like a sock puppet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, Professor dies. Everybody's upset. I think he's, everybody was uh, upset except the Professor. He's watching the yeah, monster come well, over to him, and he's still just sitting there with a smile on his face, pointing out all the details of it. I mean, he was a the lead paleontologist. I have, I have something to say about the paleontologist in this movie. And the paleontologist in Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> They're both absolute idiots. <laughs> yeah. Because whenever he's in that bell underwater and he sees the creature, he says it looks like a survivor from the Paleolithic era, which is the Stone Age, meaning there were no dinosaurs at that time. It was all humans. <laughs> oh my God. And yeah, yeah, once we get into Godzilla, I'll point out some of the stuff that the paleontologist says in that one. I saw those same things. So after the professor dies, the beast goes, invades the town, but uh, there's those like electric barricades. Persona the defense. Yeah. It, it was it was very scenic. I loved it too, dude. Like just the the picture itself. Oh, painted a thousand words. Uh, he gets electrocuted, and then it didn't work at all. It just pissed it off. Uh, then they had to shoot a bazooka in its throat, which. I don't know if y'all, it was kind of weird to kind of notice what was going on there, but as it was running away, there was like, it was bleeding. Yeah, I saw that. And 
They left that trail of blood on the streets. Yeah, but people were getting sick from it. That was that was exactly. one of the things I liked most about this movie. Is because whenever prehistoric creatures come back, you don't think about the diseases that they bring back with them. But that was yeah. one of the main dangers of this monster. It's weird because it was post uh, post World War Two, and they just didn't want to say it was like radioactive. Ooh. But I, I don't think it, it was, was radioactive. Like that it was. I think it was because it was such an old creature that it had diseases that we don't know of. And it was just carrying yeah. it in its blood and we weren't, we had no idea how to handle it because our bodies weren't affected by it. But it was definitely referencing like atomic bombs and nuclear radiation and how it would affect a population from, you know, World War II and everything. Absolutely. I didn't think it had anything to do with radioactivity. Well, really? I feel like it was referencing that for sure with everything that was going on. I think it was just an older disease that our body had no defense for because we had never encountered something like that. Yeah, I mean that's still just as crazy. Like, like I like I like both of those. But after that happens, they decide the only way to do it, the only way to kill this monster is to shoot a radioactive uh, bullet. The isotope. Uh, the isotope. Yeah. With you know the sharpshooter that they chose, uh, he was actually in I think the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, that that's what it was. Oh, really? Talk about the amusement park. So, just the scale of the monsters to the music part, I thought was pretty good. Um, that was definitely bringing some more comedy vibes to me. Just seeing this dude run up, <laughs> just having its way with the music part. Yep. Like, no, I you know I don't think this goes here. Just knock it over. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as he was like, we need a way to get up there. We need to get in this roller coaster and take and, us and to no, the top. They, they, they couldn't just climb up. They yeah. couldn't just walk up the, the ramp. They oh. had to get the the guy who runs it over there, and then they had to ride it all the way to the very top just so they could position themselves. <laughs> like, okay, this is going to be good. Oh, well, they look like the cleaners from uh, Monsters Inc. Those suits. <laughs> those, that's, that's exactly those what suits. it looks like. Those suits. And they were both different looking. Why didn't they have the same suit? Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. You have a you have a suit because you're a sharpshooter. So you're definitely going to need this one. <laughs> they end up riding the roller coaster to the top. Shooting it into its neck. Where the bazooka blast was. Yeah, where the bazooka blast was. And then it got mad. Uh, and ended up knocking <laughs> the, uh, like the roller coaster, and like after the roller coaster, and like, causing that huge fire, it caused the fire. <laughs> they decided to just climb down instead of just running down where they came from. I felt like <laughs> it would have been quicker just to run. Yeah, down like instead of climb. Yeah, when they yeah, were they walking down, the they were walking so slow. I'm like, just run. They're taking one step at a time and they finally decided to just climb down and also they didn't know that, like after he shot it does he do they even need the suits after that they don't have the isotope around them anymore yeah um, at that point it was probably protecting them from all the smoke good point which is ultimately ended up how they killed the beast and from suffocation of smoke it didn't necessarily catch on fire the isotope worked the beast is dead and a very quick the end right after yeah, he dies. I love that. As soon as it hits the ground, yeah. the end pops up on the screen and it's over. <laughs> it was yeah. beautiful. Job well done. But that's another reason I think it was a prehistoric disease is because they said if they catch it on fire, it's just going to carry through with the smoke. And I don't think radioactivity would do that. 
granted, I'm not a scientist. Me neither. But so apparently the director's daughter got super mad when uh, they <laughs> yeah, died. I saw that. He ended up making another movie where like the monster doesn't die just for his daughter. Apparently, yeah, I forget which one it was. I should have wrote it, like written it down. Yeah, it was something but, about a sea serpent that was captured, and then they end up. It ends up getting saved by its mother. But yeah, I, I forgot what it was called. Just to appease his daughter. Yeah, but that's Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. The music was really good. The music I was good. It way more than I thought. Yeah, same. Did you see that? Because somebody else bought the rights for it before Warner Brothers did. And then Warner Brothers bought it, and the original music was actually supposed to be classical music, which. Just would have made the whole movie goofy. I don't know why they would pick <laughs> classical music. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't have made any sense. No. So <laughs> Warner Brothers ended up scrapping all the music and making their own. I did not know that. Yeah, no, my... See, my head nod for that movie obviously goes to Ray Harryhausen, which was the visual effects guy. He pretty much did all the claymation and models himself because at that point in time, not a lot of people knew how to do it. Yeah. And he had worked with the guy who did the original King Kong. So he was familiar with it. You know, his his work was amazing. He was also the one who kind of came up with the way that it was going to end in the theme park. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful. His work was great. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, him, the monster destroying buildings looked great. Uh, the theme park at the end being destroyed looked great. He did a good job. Agreed. I think, I don't know, like, we just started this podcast, but I feel like uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms probably is pretty high on this list. Yeah, no, it, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Especially Brand- since it was the original concept to go for kaiju movies. Like, this was yeah. a groundbreaker as far as kaiju movies go. It was, Great it was something new, and then I think it was, like, a few years after that was whenever... All of the other American kaiju movies started coming out. Namely, what's it called? The one with the uh, giant giant ants. I forget what that one's called. I think that came out like two years after this one did. I, th- I think it's called Ants. Uh, the one <laughs> ants. that like Bugs Life. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. <laughs> that was definitely not it. Uh, Is it just called... Uh... A bug's and, life. And piles all day. <laughs> no, that's not it. And piles all day. I like that. Killer ants from the outer space. <laughs> that might actually be a movie. Is, is it? Some sci-fi movie that probably had a $500 budget. Uh, uh, speaking of budget, this movie had a $200,000 budget. And it made $5 million total. About half Good of that profit. was in the first year alone. Uh, yeah so it was it was big when it came out it wasn't Uh, a sleeper at all no it was yeah people liked it that's for sure just want to take a break real quick and then we'll get into Godzilla sounds good to me we'll be right back with all podcast attack there you go cool welcome back to all podcast attack I do realize in the first segment, we did not introduce ourselves, so real quick, I am Gavin Beck, <laughs> uh, I have Pete Gann, hello, hello, and Justin Malios. Here I am. 
The one and only. Boom. Done. We can stop. We're done now. Done. We'll just put that in the front that's and it. then just the first oh, music. That's it. No, yeah, that's it. And all we got to <laughs> no. do is just rank. Yeah. yeah. No, we haven't got to the good wins. movie yet. Yeah. No, but 20,000 yeah, fathoms wins. I don't know. It's good, but this this other movie might be better. And that movie is it what? It could be. Godzilla 1954. Yeah. Astounding. Hell yeah. 1954. The voice I try to recreate at night. Directed by Ashiro Honda. Ashiro Honda. Honda. Legend himself. Such a good movie, dude. Like it's so this 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 movie is crazy accredited. Really is like. Did you see what the original title was supposed to be? No, I didn't. Wait, what? Because I didn't know about this. I I did know that uh, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms inspired the making of this movie but the original title was the giant monster from Twenty Thousand miles under the sea <laughs> which thank god wow. they changed it because that is a mouth yeah also yeah that's horrible weren't they gonna do a scene with a lighthouse and it got cut uh, it wouldn't surprise me i heard something like that wow so like the way i watched this was i have the criterion network and it has a commentary on it so I watched it twice without the commentary, then once with the commentary, and it's just this like film buff okay. who is talking the entire time. So I got a lot of information yeah. from him, like the the music. You know, he scored that entire thing blind, like he had no idea like what it looked like. Like he made that music, yeah, really, he just on a whim of how he thought the movie was gonna. Yeah, be. there were even points where they had to bring people in to like act out what they were gonna do. Uh, so he could just like make the music, so they could have it. Wow, <laughs> what a visual he had! Yeah, but he's good. I don't know how many movies he does the music for, but I know he does the music for a lot of the Godzilla films, which is understandable. That that score is great. So the movie starts out um, with the ship destroyed. Uh, after that, another boat goes to check it out, and then they get destroyed. Um, one thing that. Uh, one thing that was said was the the first person to die that they showed dying was a radio operator. And that's because uh, apparently one of the first people to die from like the atomic bombs was a, like a radio operator. Like there, there's a really? bunch of contract like there's, not there's yeah. nothing but callbacks to um, like the nuclear bombs when it comes to Godzilla, specifically mm-hmm. this first movie. Yeah, the yeah, I I definitely saw that. The boats at the beginning is actually based off real events. Uh, the U.S. was testing one of their bombs, and it was two to three times more powerful than they thought it was supposed to be. And there were some boats that were hit by it. Uh, I don't remember if anybody died from the initial blast, but I know people did get sick from the radiation. Uh, and I think some people died afterwards. Wow. Yeah, and it's uh, it's crazy how this movie um, talked about just Japanese American relations a lot, because that was all uh, two years before this movie came out. There was a ban on media that would make Americans look bad in Japan. Like, there was literally, like, control over 
uh, like post like very soon after post World War II, um, that Japanese media was ch- changing. Like they wanted a, they wanted the people of Japan to be okay with America, so they didn't want any media that depicted America as bad, which is yeah. almost why that scene where. Um, it's like the whole parliament like discussing what they should do, and then it gets into an argument yes. because the one side wants to keep it quiet, while the other side wants the public to know. Mm-hmm. That scene itself almost got cut out by the Japanese government because wow. it's talking about the same parallels that they had to do. It's and that also the director Shiro Honda. He was he didn't really like the government. And you can see that a lot in this movie itself. Yeah. Uh, from that spe- scene specifically, plus whenever the town gets destroyed, one of the main buildings that they focus on is one of the government buildings. And it was the first scene they shot, too. Uh, like, mm-hmm. that was one of the first scenes they shot for the movie with uh, the Godzilla outfit was the Capitol building because of that. Um, and then, that outfit, though. And then there's just a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of parallels just to nuclear bombs too, like when uh, the paleontologist uh, Yamane, Yamane, I don't know, I, I suck at accents, but. Uh, All right, so I forget, but was that the guy that looked depressed the entire movie? Yes. Okay. He's the paleontologist. Oh. <laughs> Because I was, tr- I I was trying to think about it, if that was him. And yeah, no, that makes sense now. Um, but when they go to the island and they look at the footprints from Godzilla and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is radioactive. Like, this is a radioactive footprint of the monster that came. It's That sentence is 100% talking about nuclear bombs. It's... It's awesome. And you've got to remember, this movie came out not even a decade after the war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of this was still fresh on everybody's mind. Yeah. yeah. That's why it was, for a lot of people, so horrific. Um, even getting... It was controversial that they even got footage of... Yeah, when it came movie. out in Japan... Go ahead. It, in Japan, it got a bunch of bad to mixed reviews because... It was just hard for a lot of people to swallow. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't couldn't go in and watch something like that. And I mean, Not it makes really sense. Because they went through. Because that's like this is one of the Godzilla films that's could actually be considered a horror movie. Like it's it's frightening, mm-hmm. and it's real gruesome for a fifties movie for sure. Because it's so real. Yeah, there were some good kills. Like it's so. It's so close to the pulse of the times that it was made. And it definitely got the recognition. Uh, there was, I mean, it won a ton of awards. Every single person on the team, whether it was special effects, acting, like directing, producing, it don't matter. They all won. Like, it's, it was awesome. Um,. Wasn't there a part when the paleontologist was talking uh, with the parliament and he's like, 
Oh, this was from two million years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were they were looking at the trilobite that they found that Godzilla brought onto shore when he was coming on. And he's like, this is from two million years ago. And in fact, it was like a hundred million years ago. <laughs> so that guy, <laughs> that guy knew nothing about what his job was. <laughs> but they're on the, which seems to be a trending topic. A so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what the next movies are going to be like. Well, he, anytime they bring a paleontologist in, I'm pretty sure he is the paleontologist in the sequel. What we're going to watch next week. Oh really? Okay, cool. See, I'm. Well, we get we I'm, get to see him be a dumbass again. I'm kind of curious to see how the next movies are because a lot of the characters are coming back. Yeah. Uh, Emiko comes back, which was the leading mm-hmm. female. Uh, Doctor Sarazawa comes back, even though <laughs> he kills himself. What? So I'm curious to see how all that plays out. Yeah, he comes back. <laughs> yeah. He's in. He's in quite a few Godzilla films. Him and Emiko are. Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? <laughs> he's alive, yep. even though he killed himself. Yeah, and also, movie? also something I'm not too sure about is, I think Emiko is in a relationship with Doctor Sarazawa and the other guy who's her fiance or whatever. I think she's in two relationships at one oh, time. The doctor is How? her dad. Right? No, the paleontologist is oh, her dad. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Never mind. Yeah, no. Dr. Sarazawa is Mr. Eyepatch. Yeah. How, but how is he in a... How is she... How, do you, how is he... Or how is she in a relationship with Mr. Eyepatch? Is it in she the was, second one? No, no. No, in the so first In the first one. movie. Okay, so... In the first movie, uh, Emiko is engaged to Eyepatch, but she's in love. She's yeah. in love to a sailor, and yeah, that's that's the guy who proposes oh, to. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I thought she was just engaged to the, or I thought she was just with the the sailor the whole time. No, no I thought they were just she's, friends. She's engaged Eyepatch to her. Eyepatch, and yeah, she was gonna go what? call off. She was gonna call off the engagement. Uh, when that reporter came and then he showed her like the what's it called the the oxygen emitter or whatever like the yeah the the oxy oxygen destroyer, yeah, oxygen destroyer. which is a is a badass name it's not bad that's a it's cool ass bad. name um but she was gonna call it off but she got too scared by the, I, like the fish turning into bones the, um uh, so she forgot to call it off. But when you get to the end... I guess I just didn't pick that up. Yeah, but he knew. Because after after that happens, like, she hits a breaking point and then has to, like, she lets it all out. That she wants to call off the engagement and everything like that. So at by the end of the movie, when she, uh, when, like, Serizawa, like, goes underneath... Like, Underwater. Yeah, he, he tells homeboy, it's like, y'all two be happy together before he kills himself. Yep. Like, which was also super controversial. Now that makes too. so much more sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, also, like, the fact that Sarazawa, like, 
suicided himself um, almost didn't make the movie either because the like Japan two years before that like, Japan suicide yeah um, yeah it's there's some good like that was a good love story in my opinion I liked it yeah well now that I understand the love quarrel going on I thought she was just like oh well I'm friends with doctors or Azaka or whatever his name is and that's and, and, yeah i thought they were just friends no and, but whatever and okay now i get it completely and that's one thing this movie does that's really good about um about its characters um every character that they show a close-up of dying when godzilla comes is at the beginning of the movie like they have a scene in the movie and you know who they are like you see the reporter mm-hmm. in a scene before he gets eaten in a very similar way that the professor did in Beast. Um, yeah. Like, everybody who everybody who died in that movie was given a part in that movie for character development, which was nice. awesome. I really like that. Um, let's see. But there's a lot of parallels uh not only that um you have the the electric fence part that was oh yeah complete complete take on beast um both but yeah when i saw that part again i was like wait didn't i see this movie already (laughs) (laughs) it definitely hit me between that um like the the submerging themselves like the diving uh, mm-hmm. even even like the reporter and the professor dying because they both died just like watching their yeah, own the... death. Um, yeah, I do like how passionate this movie is, though. Like people are way yeah, no, it's it's great. People were way more upset in Godzilla than they were in Beast. Yeah, I I feel like that drew me into the movie more as well. <clears throat> um. I had a hard time getting into Beast of Twenty Thousand Fathoms, just because, like, like you were saying, like everybody was basically just p- playing it off, like, and, and and the whole atmosphere of the movie, in Godzilla, they did a great job of making you feel the fear in their eyes, and like you could hear it in their voices. the The acting in that movie was a lot more powerful than it was in the beats from 20,000 Fathoms. So I actually was more entranced in Godzilla than I was in Beast, which is going to be another reason why I think Godzilla did it a little better than the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Yeah, we'll get there. We still got, we still got plenty to talk about in Godzilla. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a little controversial, but that's why I like Godzilla. It's because of how real it feels. It which definitely is why, felt more real. Which is why I don't want to watch the American remake of it. Because yeah, they kind of you... play down the whole World War II nuclear bombing thing. Yeah. And make it yeah. more of a giant monster movie as opposed to <laughs> what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a horrific event that the people are dealing with, and the consequences of what's happened. 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie is just like a, a world building scene where they're in the subway and they're talking about having to go to uh, like bunkers, underground bunkers. And she's just like, yeah, I barely missed the bombs like 10 years ago and I got to go do this again here. Like, I guess I didn't catch that. It was, like I said, it was like a super small part of the movie, but it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the scenes were real fast, real short scenes coming at you Dude, left and right. It, but you're right. That movie was nothing but a bunch of short scenes, one after another after another. But I felt like that really did a good job just getting you more into the movie. Just, you know, okay, well, here's the point. Like, let's move on to the next point. Like. I don't know. It drew me in more rather than just a long drawn conversation about whether or not this is a monster, if it's real or not. Can we get the government involved? All that stuff that 20,000 Fathoms did. But that's what I liked about um, the movie. Um, it, the fact that they everybody thought he was crazy and he ended up not being crazy. Uh, this movie yes. built, built suspense way more though. Uh, you saw you yeah. saw the beast within 12 minutes of like the movie starting the tease the teasing mm-hmm. godzilla is when you see his head for the first time and that's 22 minutes into the yeah. movie and then you don't get full frontal you don't get that full frontal until 43 minutes and 56 seconds when he's going it starts out minutes. as like a mystery and that definitely i think helps bring you more into the movie i think that's another reason why i was more entranced in this movie because they didn't just hit you with okay full body like you know what the monster is it it made you really want to find out like what the hell this thing is you see a little bit of his head over a mountain and then giant footprints but you don't know how big he is or what he actually looks like yeah Mm mm-hmm and like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not crapping down on the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I just think Godzilla did yeah. it better. Yeah. Think about... The beast was really good. It was good, yes. Absolutely. In and of its own right. Yeah. They did it first. They did very well for doing it first. Um, another, another point I had for Godzilla uh, about how real it felt. Think about that scene where they look into that TV, and it's just those girls singing, and it's just showing like all the wreckage and everything like that. Yeah, that had to be something that yep. the people in Japan at that time watching probably actually saw. I really felt actually saw like a a television broadcast like that, just days after like, oh, yeah. the news. Just buildings. Full of hurt people trying to find medical uh, medical help that that they can. Like it was, it was a real topic. Yeah. Just death and destruction. Everywhere. There's also that scene with the mom with the kids, and it's like we're gonna go see daddy soon, which is weird. That that oh yeah. dude, but that seems weird, right? Because uh, when Godzilla happened, um, it was like seven eight years after after the news, right? But she was holding like two, three-year-old kids. <laughs> so, what they were yeah. in, they were insinuating that the dad died during like the the war, but the war was over for ten years. Yeah, Those kids would have had to been like bigger. Okay. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it like that. I figured I didn't Godzilla either. might have killed him in the beginning. Oh of the yeah, movie. maybe. No, but I mean that I makes sense like too. But yeah, I, I I agree. I feel like you're you're pretty dead on with that. And that's another thing, though, with the American movie, they kind of just brush past that family. Yeah, they still show the scene, but there's no subtitles. Set of yeah, of what the mom's saying, and they just have music playing over it. So it's not as it's not as real. Yeah. They just kind of brush past it. It's played down a lot. And, mm-hmm. I mean this 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 is a horror movie yeah. for what it is and when it, it came triggered out. a bunch of PTSD for people. Yeah. It's it's a crazy movie, for sure. Anything else? Uh, what was the budget? Give me, give me, give me the numbers. Uh, the the budget for this movie was one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. They grossed a little over two million. Uh, I'm not sure how accurate that number is because hell, they put it out. They put it out in fifty four. I think there were a few showings in America in the 80s mm-hmm. in select movie theaters, but we couldn't actually purchase a copy of it until 2004 wow. whenever they did their 50-year anniversary. Yeah. So that's why there was an American remake of it, because... How much did that make? Hell, we couldn't get a hold of the original. Uh, the remake? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't know if that number is included in the gross that I found. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like with this being the original Godzilla, it had to have made more than $2 million. Yeah, right. Uh, but it was the eighth most attended film that year. Uh, it won an award for special effects. Naturally, the special effects were way ahead of its time. Uh one of the special effects I really liked was the electric fence part. Yeah. Whenever he blows his radiation breath and melts one of the poles. Yeah, that uh, was really cool. They made the electric poles out of wax, and then they used a blow dryer to heat it up, and that's what caused it to look like it was melting. Really? Uh, <laughs> very cool. Uh, let's see. Like like I said earlier, it did get mixed reviews in Japan. Uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense why it did. Uh, everything was still real fresh. A lot of people didn't want to see something like that that sudden. Uh, the thing I find... I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's strange or ironic. But the American remake that came out two years later... It had great reviews all around. Everybody loved it. But at the same time, it was playing down all of the horrific things that had actually happened. It was kind of just skimming past everything. Uh, Let's see. Before I get into the the main star of the film... I do just want to go ahead and say that this 
that Godzilla is in the Guinness World Record book as the longest running film series. Which makes sense. We're watching almost 35 of the movies during this podcast. Yeah, we're going to be watching a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's see. On to the star of the Godzilla 1954. The man himself. Haru, Haru Nakajima. The suit actor for Godzilla. This man... This man's a legend. <laughs> An absolute legend. The stuff that he went up... That he put himself through. Wasn't he an actual actor in Let's the movie? See. And doesn't he actually get killed by Godzilla? Yeah, I heard there's some pretty crazy stuff with the suit and like its design. And like what all he had to go through. Isn't it like super heavy for one thing? I don't... It is over 200 Originally it was. Which is funny because in the scenes in this movie, whenever he rose out of the water, the first thing that came into my head was I was thinking about the suit actor inside just like coughing up. I mean, and didn't he, he couldn't see out of the suit, right? Uh, Yeah, he couldn't see out of the suit. Later Godzilla films, they could barely see. I would imagine this one's probably worse than the later one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hello. Yeah, the suit, it's... Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. <clears throat> sounds, sounds much 220 better. pounds. My God. Yeah. It was six and a half feet tall, weighed 220 pounds, and it could get up to 130 degrees inside of it, so oh he could only God. be in there for a few minutes at a time. Jeez. Okay. Uh, Good to know. And I couldn't find actual materials of what it was made out of. Different things varied. Uh, the suit actor himself said <laughs> that it was made out of a substance close to cement. Which would add, which would make sense for the two hundred and twenty pounds. Okay. Uh, but it was, I think it was polyurethane, not so much cement. Okay. Uh, and then, obviously, the rubber on the outside, but it was hard for them to come across rubber back then, so they used a certain type of plastic, which was, uh extremely malleable so they were able to bend it easily and that's what they use for the arms and everything okay but the suit was also in water a lot so at the end of the day they would set it out to dry but the heat caused the plastic to harden so it got to a point to where uh, the plastic wasn't bending the way it was supposed to be and they said the left arm couldn't be moved whatsoever so towards the end of the movie, he could only slightly move the right arm, and he couldn't do anything with the left arm. <laughs> Damn! Now I want to go back and check all those scenes out. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Uh, let's see, let's see if I got anything else on it. So he, and also, he also passed out in the suit a couple times. Uh, I'm not sure if he passed out or not. Um, I just know they had to. He could only be in there for a few minutes or so. Yeah, it says he was only able to be inside for three minutes before passing out. Yeah. Also, the water that they were in was freezing cold water. Why? Because <laughs> I have the suit no was idea. so hot? 
<laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a controlled uh, tank, so I mean they could have warmed it up if they wanted to, but dude, no, the, apparently the suit it was freezing. After, the suit actor sweated so much he lost twenty pounds during the production of the film. That's crazy. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Gavin, glad you're back on sync with us. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, I just had to let my internet focus for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Settle on. Oh, wait. Oh, did I do that right? Yeah, I did. Okay, we're good. Uh, but yeah, it also says that... Because this was the first time in any movie that there was a full-body suit that had a person inside controlling it. So... He didn't have any other references to look at to see how he needed to act and operate it. Mm-hmm. So he said he went to the zoos in Tokyo and just studied the animals to see how they move. Uh, he, he said <laughs> some of the ones he looked at were bears and elephants. And he would just look at the way that they walked and he would try to mimic that as best as he, as best he could. Uh, I mean, he basically the suit was so heavy though. All he could really do was just waddle around and yeah, and swing one arm apparently at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it got pretty bad. Uh, but this was the only movie that used that suit specifically. Well, I can uh, understand why. Yeah, that suit. What was, a nightmare! It was a Shodai Goji, which is first generation Godzilla. Uh, and you couldn't tell because it was black and white, but it was the only brown Godzilla. Oh, he was brown. Yeah. After that, it goes to black and then the iconic green that everybody knows and loves. I think the green always looks good. Oh, yeah. Green looks real good. Uh... Missed anything? I did see somewhere that parts of the suit were made out of bamboo as well, but I'm not that's sure. Crazy which man! Oh, that that, that suit is something else. Oh, it's who knows what happened to it. I mean, there were scenes when, yeah, probably there were scenes when they were firing at it with their fireworks and you would see certain parts where the firework would hit him in the stomach and just kind of sit there before <laughs> it burned out. <laughs> wow. So that suit was probably completely destroyed by the time this movie was over. Uh, I think that's most of what I got on the suit. <laughs> I did get the name of because the special effects that they use in that movie is called tokusatsu, which is special filming. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks amazing, which is pretty much, like I said earlier, just shooting the fireworks, fireworks at people. And the gasoline. <laughs> being... yeah, it's uh, but it's, yeah, it's real popular in Japan. Uh, not so much here in America. The main, the closest example would be Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. You've got people in the suits. With explosions three feet away from them. Uh, <laughs> so good. Yeah, but over there, it's it's pretty common to see that type of special effects. And I think it's amazing. I think it really is. I mean, playing Godzilla so, wouldn't be too bad because you have 200 pounds of protection around you. <laughs> but if you're just in like a Power Rangers tight suit, I don't think I'd want anything blown up. Yeah. Next to me. 
No. I would definitely would not. But I think that's all I have about about the, the wonderful suit actor Haru Nakajima. He's a legend, and we will enjoy his work for the next few films because I think he's in like twelve Godzilla movies. Nice. Oh, good. Thank nice. God. <laughs> yeah. He 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 does it for a while somehow. After going through that nightmare of a of an ordeal for the first movie, at least yep. he had a little bit of a easier time with the suits afterwards. Yeah. I would imagine they would get lighter and <laughs> easier to had, control. I had no idea that suit was so wild. Yeah, two hundred and twenty so pounds, hundred and thirty degrees. Like, yeah, he said it. No, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. He said he blacked out like a few times while he was in it. Yeah, I would imagine. It's crazy. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, he he stuck with it for years, and everybody loves him. Yeah, wasn't he also in legend. Seven Samurai? There, there were. Uh, yes, there were a couple people. Uh, that came from seven samurai yeah i think the other award godzilla was nominated for was like best movie of the year uh but the winner for that was seven samurai which makes sense because everybody i hear that's seen that movie loves it too bad it's three and a half Uh, hours long i haven't seen it yeah i haven't seen it but i i kind of want to nor have i but uh all right. Any any other comments or anything else for Godzilla? Uh, great movie, great score. Uh, suit actor was an OG. Yeah. Um, special effects are on point. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I gave the suit actor enough love. <laughs> but, uh... Best part of that movie. Yeah, Akira Ifukube, the music director of the movie. Absolute genius. And hell, I didn't know about the whole doing it blind thing. That just makes it even better. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that either. uh, The director was so, so peculiar. Like, he didn't want anyone to see until it was done type of thing. So he had to just make Mm -hmm. him imagine, like, what it was going to be on. It's, it's crazy. He also uh, like he also directed like all yeah, the and just bringing too. the actors into their. I'm pretty delayed. I can tell. Um, Did he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just just a little bit. Yeah. Um, do we think there's going to be a debate here for what wins, or do we need to take another break and then have that conversation? No, I mean, I think we can go ahead and just get into yeah. it. I don't, um, I don't think there's a debate. They're both good well, movies, but I think there's Godzilla. A Godzilla did it better. Yeah. yeah. Godzilla was fantastic. All around. Godzilla did it better. Uh, not to sell The Beast of 20,000 Battles. No, that movie is going to be... It was a hell of a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That movie is deservedly yeah, number two on our list right now. Fantastic. <laughs> I can see why people consider Godzilla the first kaiju movie. So next week we will be doing 
Godzilla Raids Again, the 1955, and the 1933 King Kong. Um, King Kong, another OG of the Kaiju series. I know it's going to be good. I've actually, I believe I've seen it before uh, with my parents back in the day. This will be a big refresher for me, though, because I just remember the stop motion of King Kong was just so... It's just so enthralling. I, I loved it. Like, just that yeah. giant beast. And then the love story that happens between the beast and this girl, you know. It's really good, man. I, I really, I remember really enjoying King Kong, and I think I'm going to have a good time rewatching it. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't do think you, I've ever seen it, but I always love stop motion, so I'm excited. Do I think that it's going to be better than King Kong, or than Godzilla? Probably not. But yeah. King Kong is a great. We'll, we'll have that conversation when we come to and, it. Yeah. <laughs> you For never sure. know. Yep. You might be blown Sorry. away by King Kong. I'm just getting ahead of myself. Um, I might be. But uh, yeah, I mean, if the Beast of Twenty Thousand Fathoms was paired with a different Godzilla movie, I might have put that above it. But the original Godzilla, it's just it's yeah. too good. It's, it's too, too good. good. It's it's too good. It is the model movie. For this podcast, and it, yeah, yep. we'll see if it passes the test. When you think of a kaiju movie, but, you I think the first figure that comes to mind is just Godzilla terrorizing a city. You know, yep. I think that's how most people think. Yeah, but now the Godzilla movies are getting into the more, <laughs> the more wacky Godzilla. There's some wacky Godzilla sliding film. around on his tail, kicking people. Oh. I can't wait till we get to the versus there. It's gonna be, perfect. yeah, it's gonna be nice. That's that's the Godzilla that I grew up on was the versus era. Yeah, uh, me too. That so. was that was my introduction to Godzilla as well. Oh yeah, and I mean that's how a lot of people are with the original Godzilla is because, like I said, we didn't get the original Gojira until two thousand four. So a lot of people only knew the American adaptation of it, and. They prefer the American adaptation of it. I've seen the American one maybe once or twice, and I've seen the original Gojira maybe once or twice. So my views aren't really swayed much. Uh, but no, the original, I, I would say the original is better than the American adaptation for sure. Good. Just because it's more real. Good. Uh, Justin, you want to play us off? You've been listening to All Podcast Attack. (laughs)